Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the final episode of the first series of the How To Academy podcast. I'm Vas Christodoulou, producer of this series and one of the curators of How To Academy's live events programme, bringing some of the world's most exciting thinkers to London for talks, debates, conferences and festivals. Every November, we work with the International Division of the New York Times to organise How To Change The World, a conference exploring innovation in all its forms. This year, we sent Matt Stadlin backstage to interview our guests. This week's show is the first of those interviews. You'll be hearing more in Series 2 in the new year. His guest is Chetna Gala Sinha, an activist, entrepreneur and pioneer of microfinance in her home nation of India. Her story is profound evidence of the power of one woman to make a difference. Here's the interview. Chetna, we're backstage at, at the How To Academy's How To Change The World 2019 event conference. Lots and lots of speakers. You are one of those speakers. You've just come off stage yourself. What was the, the driving message that you wanted to get across? I've, I've come from India and I wanted to share the stories and the lessons I've learned from the rural women of India who have never been to the school, but today these are ordinary women who did extraordinary things, who inspire me, guide me and teach me on my journey of life to share the lessons from them, what I have learned to share those lessons with the audience and also tell that all around the world there are such people where you may think that, you know, they hardly have anything to share. They hardly have anything to share. But you couldn't be more wrong because uh, they are the inspirators for me. It's very modest of you to say that you have been inspired by these women. And I, I don't doubt you for a, a second, but you, of course, have also empowered so many women around India, people who have been brought up, as you say, without education in rural areas. How did you get involved in this social reform yourself? So actually, I was born and raised in Mumbai. And when I was a student at the university, a Gandhian leader, Jayaprakash Narayan, who was moving around in the university, before it was like he fought for anti-emergency during those days. But after that also, when the government was formed in India, he was going to the universities and attracting the youth to work in the villages of India. 
and so how that's how i also get got connected with the student and youth organization which she had formed and all the young students were going to the villages of india and working so i also got very much passionate about it and i decided that i want to join and i started going to the villages in india and when i met a farmer leader young dynamic farmer leader smart i fell in love and he was not highly educated but he could pull the crowd and so then after while working with him we were together in farmers movement we were together in land rights movement and i decided to marry him and i was teaching economics in mumbai but then i thought that i'm done with mumbai and i shifted to this small village maswad now it's like a town in maharashtra uh, in india and that's while after staying in maswad for a while i was working with women on different issue but one lady kamta bai who came to me and she said that i want to do savings and i felt like you know kamta bai is asking for savings but her business what she's doing is on the street she was sharpening the weeders on the street for the farmers and she was also staying on the street with her family so my obvious question was that kantabai do you enough do you have enough money to save and kantabai was insistent and she said that i want to do savings to buy a tarpaulin sheet to cover my family when in pre monsoon when the monsoon is there and so she was moving around and said that i don't know where to save so i I went with Kanta Bai to different banks to get her account opened, and bankers denied opening the account because Kanta Bai wanted to save less than five cent a day, and that was not a worth of value of the manager's time. And they said that she's not an affordable client for us. Then I thought that if banks are not opening the account for women like Kanta Bai, why not start a women's bank for women like Kanta Bai? And we applied for the banking license. do it was not very easy i mean i i was very much excited and applied for the banking license to the central bank reserve bank of india but the license was rejected because majority of our women members whose name education and was there when it came to signatures they had a thumb impression and the license was rejected on the ground that reserve bank central bank cannot issue a license to the bank whose promoting members are non literate i was devastated I came back to uh, from Mumbai to Maswad, and I told women I was crying and said that we couldn't get the license because our women couldn't read and write. You know what our women said that we couldn't get the license because we are not literate. Why are you crying? We will learn to read and write from today. And they were so determined that we started our literacy classes, and our women every day after the work would come for the classes. and after i mean it was very different atmosphere and drive among the women to learn to read and write and after 5 months we applied again but at that time i didn't go alone with me 15 women accompanied me to the reserve bank of india i wasn't sure we are going to get the license or not but i could see the confidence in the eyes of women and so when we went to the director of the reserve bank of india our women said that you rejected the license because we cannot read and write but there were no schools in the villages when we were growing so we are not responsible and they said that you know we rejected you rejected the license because we cannot read and write but we cannot read and write we can count 
and they challenged the officer saying that tell us to calculate the interest of any principal amount. If we fail, don't issue the license. Tell your officers to do this calculation without calculator and see who can calculate faster. Needless to say that we got the banking license. <laughs> and Mandeshi was the first rural women's bank started in India. And I'm so proud to share with you that now we work with more than half million women and we have accumulative figures of nearly $100 million of business done by the bank. And we are operating in state of Maharashtra. But our women were not, they didn't stop there. They wanted to get the skills. So then they said, we need a business school. We are rearing sheep and goat. We are doing a dairy business. But we need more information. We need a linkage to market. So Mandeshi started a business school for rural women. And in that business school, we also have a course of paravets, where many young women would come and take the training of vaccination, insemination, in goats, buffaloes, chickens. And one of the lady, which I'm going to share her story now, is Sunita Kamre. She actually is a para, she took the training, she became a paravet. She comes from a Dalit background, which is, this, in India, Dalit used to be before untouchables. And it is not very easy for her to establish the business, but she worked very hard. And she did a successful deliveries in goat and, and became a famous goat doctor in India. And then last year, she got a national award in Delhi. And when she got the award, it was everywhere in the newspaper. It was everywhere you know, on the TV about her award. And so when she came back, the villagers decided to have a gathering and celebrate her award and facilitate her. And they invited me also. When I went to Sunita's village, when I entered her village, I was surprised to see that there was a huge cutout which was in photo, Sunita was there as if she's getting in the plane because she flew and she was the first girl, lady from the village who flew to Delhi. So, and, and it was, I was much more amazed when I went to Sunita's house, I saw all upper caste leader who otherwise would not have drank the water in Sunita's house were having chai and water. And they were requesting her to address the gathering. Can you imagine in India a Dalit woman addressing the gathering? So these are the stories which inspire me, which motivates me to work in the rural India. Let me tell you another story like, is about Kera Bai who came to the bank and she mortgaged gold to take a loan. I asked Kera Bai that, you know, why are you mortgaging gold, your precious gold and taking loan? She said, don't you realize that there is such a bad drought? There is no water, there is no fodder. And I have mortgaged gold because there is no fodder, so I'll buy a fodder from the money I get from gold loan. And But then she was questioning me that even if I have money, there is no water for the animals. So if I, if I migrate in search of water and live this area, with whom are you going to do banking? I felt that, you know, many times in banking conference, people talk about focused, about balance sheet, growth of that and be strategic. But I, I felt that, you know, Kerabai's words kept on coming in my mind that if in search of water, if we migrate, with whom are you going to do banking? 
and this made us think that mandeshi foundation needs to work on water also and we started creating the check dams and all as you see that situation is getting so green now with the climate change and all it's very interesting that how village people address that so when we started a cattle camp nearly for farmers came with their 14000 animals at one place where water and fodder was made available to cattle and then kira bai said that for how many years are we going to live like that we need to do something on water so then foundation started creating the small water banks in the area and then so and and kira bai actually was a very good singer and she would come to our radio which is meant to uh, address the stories of role model of women kira bai came to the radio which is operated by mandeshi and she said that i want to feature my own program at radio because at cattle camp she used to sing and she became very famous so our radio manager said that kirabai you cannot read and write how are you going to write your script how are you going to sing she said yes i cannot read and write but i can sing and for singing i don't have to write i sing my, i make my sing songs in my brain and kirabai started featuring her program and she became a very popular she was the first radio jockey amazing that is the the, the longest answer i think in the how to academy podcast history but also the best and what's become immediately obvious is the extent to which you are transforming individual lives but there's also a huge scale in operation as well how long did it take you to move from that first meeting and from that from that second approach to the bank with 14 women or or whatever number it it was to get to the point where you now as you say are 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 helping half a million people so actually 20 years before we started this bank and where kantabai wanted to save less than 5 cent yes i mean rupees and so now actually half million women are being impacted by mandeshi foundation and mandeshi bank and we have more than we have crossed around 75 million dollar of business or nearly coming to 100 million of dollars of business but it's not only just this numbers but these women they are the role models for us and i would like to say like you know how when you talk of rural women who are not educated you think that maybe they don't know calculations which they proved wrong but even not even with that but now our with this bank is doing our women are doing mobile banking they are doing digital banking when recently when we were putting up uh, all the digital banking solution and we had our own atm card one of our women and then we said you'll require a pin number one of our women said that you know what we don't want pin number and we said we'll help you we'll do financial literacy we'll help you to remember she said no why don't you provide some other solution and they only asked what about why can't we do thumb and then we thought why can't we linked with the biometric and when we did that we did the pilot you know what women said that anybody can steal my fin pin number from me nobody can steal my thumb <sighs> and i felt like these women they are so there is i mean they are so smart and and entrepreneurial and yeah exactly outlook. and then the lesson i learned was that when you decide the solutions or you work out the solutions for 
poor people you one shouldn't provide a poor solutions to poor people they are smart they can even if they have not been the school our women leaders who are now digital didis they teach men how to do digital banking so they, this is the level our women have crossed this episode of the podcast is sponsored by marquee tv marquee tv is an incredible streaming service that is a gateway to arts and culture with my subscription i've enjoyed watching some of the royal shakespeare company's most acclaimed productions of recent years including david tennant in richard the second and simon russell beale in the tempest I've seen multiple productions of The Ring Cycle and Thelonious Monk playing in Brussels in 1963. I've watched Alice in Wonderland at the Royal Opera House and Giselle at La Scala. Marquee TV really is the most accessible way into culture I've ever encountered and a treasure trove for any arts lover. You can try it for 3 months for just 99p. Yep, 3 months for 99p with the code how to just visit marquee.tv and use the promo code how to to dive into the world of the arts like never before. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com/talktous. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. India is a world force. It's a it's a world power. It's also an enormous country and there are huge numbers of reasonably well off and 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 some numbers of very very well off people in your country but there are also still hundreds of millions of people in really quite abject poverty how far do you think you can take what you're doing you've already as we've discussed helped 500,000 people there are many more to to help can you scale this up and up and up So how do you I mean the first thing now what we are doing is that bring these community leaders in the center see the other people to look them as a role model that even we can do and recently I'm here in London but yesterday our women leaders were in Mumbai and they were saying that how they are going from village to village and showing the digital banking now it's not it when she was speaking on in mumbai from the stage it was so clear that you know even people are ready to use the technology i feel that there is a right time that technology is available to and and, and handset is there if there is a political will and if there is a proper ecosystem people are ready even if they don't know they are not educated they are using mobile phones they are using mobile banking not only that but our women those who are doing businesses they are using the e platform like amazon to sell their produce so with the technology and with the political will and the courage of the people i do think that we can cross the millions but at the same time i would say that many more not just mandeshi will have to come forward and take this stage at the center i know that i think for example of indira gandhi who is your prime minister i know that women have reached positions of huge eminence in in india but i just wonder how entrenched the gender divide is still 
So let me tell you that when I am telling these stories, I don't forget that, you know, so many women yet in India, you will see that are being raped or there is a safety issue. I cannot shy away with that, right? You, you see day in and day out. But on the other side, which is much more hopeful side, is that the fathers who are, you know, having daughters, they are becoming more and more sensitive about it. And they, so I'll give you another example, that one of our young girl who actually came to us, Sarita, that she was rearing sheep and goat. And half time she would not go to school and rear sheep and goat, and half time she would come when the migration is over, they would, she would come to the school. And then we saw that she had so much of strength in her leg. And we got her into the sports program, Mandishi Champions. She was such an athletic by nature because she was grown that way in the field. She was chasing animals, right? And so then she was selected to the sports school. And now she is leading and she's a captain of the field hockey team. And I'm so proud Sarita Bise is like preparing for Olympics. These so, are yeah, brilliant stories. Exactly. But these stories can bring, so I do see that these stories has to come like, you know, to be discussed on in the platform in London, in New York. And I always feel that when our women are using and doing mobile banking, the graduate of Harvard is also doing mobile banking, right? So those gaps are, are we are bridging the gap. but with the effort which has to be very aggressive. And how that will happen is that I think corporate world has to do business for good. It's not only the responsibility of the NGOs or the organization of Mandeshi, it's not only the responsibility of just the, of course, policymakers have to come forward and create those ecosystem, but the corporate world will have to take this responsibility and see that they do business for good. And I just would like to say that in microcredit, women have proved that they are bankable. It's a $20 billion industry. Investors made money, right? Women are graduating from microcredit to micro enterprise. Now there is a need for investors to invest in them. And I think if they invest, if they bring them into their mainstream, if we have more women on boards, if we have more women in jobs, if we have more women setting up the micro enterprise and bankers are providing them capital or investors are giving the startup capital, things will change. You are already telling your stories on an international stage. And last year, you co-hosted the World Economic Forum with five other women. What did you learn from that experience? You know what, actually, when I was told that, you know, I've been uh, nominated for this co-chairing the World Economic Forum, I, I, talk, I was just talking to our rural women that, you know what, because my, I mean, our bank balance sheet or even our foundation, those balance sheets are not talking about trillion dollars or something like that, right? But of course, we have big numbers of women with us. So I was asking them that, what should I do there? And so, you know what our women said? That women said that, tell them that we have created the institution, Mandeshi Bank and Mandeshi Foundation. And we have actually for so many years to keep, make our institution stronger with no outside support. Bank was from women capital, women saving, 
women credit with no outside investors but five years we sacrificed the dividend to make this institution stronger now we we are ready to set up the fund which is dedicated to micro women entrepreneurs and now investors should believe in us that and should invest in us and they also said that you know i was just saying that yeah that is great but people are going to talk about capital they are going to talk about like venture capital startups and all that so our women one of our women said that tell them that our courage is the capital and actually that was the theme that being a co-chair i said that our women and and the at that time the theme of davos was very interesting that voices from the fractured world how do you shape the future right and i felt it was really matched with our women that in the fractured world also voices are very strong and courageous so capital has to listen to that and so that was my role i would you've say. told some of the individual stories over the past 20 minutes or so what is your sense on on the wider scale of the, of those half a million women how much difference do you feel it's made to the way that they look at the world to their sense of place in the world and and also actually simply to to their to their lifestyle to their ability to to make money and to drive them and their, themselves and their families forward you know if you want to see the change i would just invite to come and see see them you will see one of our women vanita pise she has set up a farmer producer company she is a ceo of that she drives every day on two wheeler and she would go from village to village and make the members so their lifestyle is when you think of rural women you would think like you know women sitting in front of those chulas and making the food no they are on the two wheelers but some of our women who are good doctors they wear apron go on two wheeler do the vaccination that lifestyle is changing and not it's only changing with them but with their next generation when they are not thinking they are thinking their daughters should be engineers they are thinking their daughters are going to set up the companies they themselves have set up the company so those this lifestyle is changing with the technology but i do feel that in agriculture sector in um, particularly in, in rural india when you are talking in micro enterprise the that technology still is yet to come to the in the hands of people if that comes it's very simple that if our farmers get the information about then they get i mean when we are running the radio they get the information about the weather they get the information about all that is available on the app and farmers are using it so it's matter of having more capital having more investment in them is very important and if that comes in you will see that the real growth happens in country like india and if growth happens in the in the masses of india world is going to flourish right we know that the the demonetization that went on in india 3 years ago or so had some quite devastating effects for 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 some people for poorer people in india and and you work very hard i think to mitigate the impact of of that policy where are we now with it 
So the very first thing when demonetization started, we were the first, I mean, when you are staying in the community and when you are with the people, people tell you, right, what they are facing the problem. So one of the women came and she said that uh, there, are, there is such a big queue, I have only one 500 rupee note and I want to convert it, but if I stand in a queue, I lose my working day. So better I would sell my 500 rupee note for 300 rupees. And we felt, no, you it's a, such a hard-earned money. And she said, I've kept it in emergency. If I need to buy a medicine, I have kept that money aside for that. And so we thought that, no, she has to get the conversion at the time. And so what we did is that we have this business school on wheels. And we converted these buses into the mobile banking. And in India, there are weekly markets. So our buses went to the weekly market and we immediately provided them this conversion of 500 rupees note in the coins. And it was not very easy to do it because how many coins are you going to do? So um, our CEO, Rekhash, what she figured out was that she got the weighing machine from the goldsmith. And then we would put the coin on the weighing machine and then we created a pouch of 500 rupees weight of the 500 coins and based on that we started making the pouches of the coins and we mitigated that at that time uh, the problem which people were facing but it's also the issue of the it was I mean it had created a liquidity crunch so with this solution we could bring the liquidity in the rural areas. Do you think you can spread this? We talked about scale a bit, but do you think you can spread this out to other states in India? And also, do you feel that by talking to leaders from other countries, I'm thinking, for example, of Pakistan, I know there is tension between India and Pakistan, but by reaching out beyond India's borders, as of course you did at the World Economic Forum, do you think you can inspire change elsewhere? So actually, you know, I mean, when, um, when it's about the... Mandishi does this financial literacy. We get a lot of people who see the experience and across Africa also that you know how, because it's not the first thing I would like to tell and um, we make it very sure that it's not making teaching people. People know it. it. You have to provide those facilities and flexibility and opportunity to them. And what we have with many African countries, organizations are coming forward to and visiting Mandeshi, getting that training, especially for the paravets. They come and visit us and we are now creating the facility where we can provide the training. And regarding the neighboring country, like we do have a tense relations with Pakistan, but on the other side, I do think that women in those rural areas of either it is Pakistan or it is Sri Lanka or it is Bangladesh, right? We have learned a microcredit from them. So it's again, we can also share the experiences of micro enterprise with them and to scale that not only just across country but within India. India is a, like a continent and if Mandeshi wants to operate in other states and that is the reason why we have set up the fund where the fund will do the pilots in other state to showcase that that these women entrepreneurs if they start business and we have set up the chambers of commerce for rural women entrepreneurs. We have these platforms like for the corporate world, for the industries, there are different chambers, but this is, we have specially set up for rural women entrepreneurs and where from women from other states are also coming up and becoming member. So that is how you reach 
more numbers. We still, it won't surprise you to, to hear, and I'm sure you know anyway, we still have gender issues in this country, in, in Britain and in the Western world more widely. In Britain there is a, still a, a, a significant pay gap. And I just wonder what your message is, as someone who has empowered so many women in India, what's your message to British women? And perhaps to British men as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that it is also both, right, British men. I was just reading and there was some news that some share market, in the share market, when women came to the board, the market value came down. And I was just surprised. I, I am just saying that, that how can, why would this happen? It's so simple that, I mean, when I share the story of our women and I see that how it is created, in fact, I feel it's not only that we want to bridge the gap and it's not only just inclusion, it's a diversity has to come. So it's particularly to the corporate, to the boards, to the men, to the rich, to, you know, this whole corporate world that you, you will not, you have to bring in diversity. When women come in the board, they will come with their different way of thinking, which is required. So that will actually be helpful, that is one. And second, I am sure and I see in India that fathers want their daughter to, to be, become a smart, right? And unless these fathers will create the path for their daughters, they have to create. And us, I mean, senior women like us, we are creating, but we need to join hands and those paths. And, and I always laugh and say that we talk about, you know, having a red carpet for this and red carpet for that. I would say have a red carpet for our women leaders, have a red carpet for women entrepreneurs, have a red carpet for a young girls like we have a Greta, have, have them and we will see that, you know, women lead and the world will be different if they lead. My grandmother, who was a refugee from the Nazis from Vienna, she got a, she studied at, at Cambridge before the time when women were allowed to get degrees. She studied under Wittgenstein, she got a first class degree. We received our degrees at the same time at Cambridge when I graduated. And she met Indira Gandhi and she also went to live in what was then Ceylon for I think seven years and she fought for civil rights. She was a champion of civil rights. So Chetna Gala Sinha, it's a, a great privilege for me to have met you and a great pleasure to have spoken to you on the How To Academy podcast. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. This week's podcast starred Chetna Gala Sinha and was presented by Matthew Stadlin. It was produced by me, Vas Christodoulou, and edited by John Dorsey. If you enjoyed this week's show, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to the show for the first time, I urge you to go back and hear some of the guests we've hosted over the last few months. Our interviews are almost always evergreen, meaning that they don't tangibly date. We've had Simon Sinek on leadership and game theory. Melinda Gates on her work lifting up women in the developing world. Cass Sunstein on bringing about social change. Gina Rippon and Simon Baron-Cohen on the neuroscience of sex. Rory Sutherland on using insights from psychology to fix society. And so much more. It's a veritable smorgasbord of ideas there for you to feast on. We're back in the new year with guests including astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson, activist Gina Miller and Google's former CEO Eric Schmidt. Thanks for listening.